What's going on, everybody? This is your commissioner here. This is another episode of the Skull Report. Welcome to the show, everybody. So, only two more weeks left to go. A final four. It's down to Rudy, Kyle, Baker, and Samantha. There's a lot to talk about, uh, you know, about the playoffs last week going forward, but there's more to unpack. It's been a while since we had a school report, and uh, man, if you were following along at the end of the regular season, this was one of the wildest seasons that I can remember. Uh, it, so many different storylines were playing out until the very last minute. Um, so, you know, just really quickly wanted to recap the regular season. It should come as no surprise that Kyle was the king of the regular season again. That's pretty much his role. He's the king of the he's the king of the regular season. He always does it. Uh, Kyle is he was first in points this year, uh, overall points. So he's got that title back to back years. Um, and the strangest thing uh, that I noticed when I was kind of entering stuff in the record book. Um, because you know Kyle's 2019 season is one of the top 10, you know, best point seasons of all time, which isn't surprising. But what's surprising is that he scored 1826 points this year in 13 games. Last year, he scored 1826 points. He scored the exact same amount of points this year as last year and led the league both times. It's wild. It's like he's automatic. Kyle has four of the top 10 best seasons of all time. Uh, His 2015 season, his 2013 season, and then the past two years. Uh, It's it's crazy. All he seems to do is just put up a ton of points every year uh, and then fall short of the championship. But it's Final Four. He earned a first-round bye, so he's in it. And this is his time to prove me and others wrong that, no, he can win the title. This is his year. Other storylines around the regular season, to me, I mean, the biggest storyline of the year, of the whole year, really has to be Samantha. Samantha, our loot fisk, was, after week six, sitting at one and five was not looking good. The The roster was kind of falling apart. Baker Mayfield was just looking pitiful. Uh, nothing was going her way. And what do you know? She, she won six of her last seven to make the playoffs and then has the big upset win last week in the playoffs, uh, you know, against uh, Corey. So 144 to 119 over Corey. Corey was a strong team all year long. He dominated, and Samantha just really honestly took it to him last week. Uh, Samantha's team is really playing well when she needs them to, and it's it's been really fun to watch. Um, Samantha, you know, she could go from Lutefisk to champion, and it's kind of weird, but maybe that's becoming a trend. You know, our, our current champion, Ryan Jensen, was previously the Lutefisk before he won the title. And, you know, now Samantha, our, 
our our loot fisk is in contention for the championship herself so maybe that'll be a trend you know whoever uh whoever loses this week in week 15 between stacy and jason uh that the loser of that match is going to be the new loot fisk so maybe they'll be looking at a championship next year um one other fun thing that that i was watching particularly close at the end of um at the end of football last week or two weeks ago at the end of the regular season was uh al and becca's matchup so i don't know if anybody realized you know i i written out all the playoff scenarios and everything but that was pretty convoluted and maybe you only kind of were paying attention to what you needed to do and you weren't really focusing on what other other people were doing um but so al al was playing becca in week 13 last week of the regular season becca has to win and she needs samantha to lose to get a playoff spot she needs to win she needs to score points you know she needs a big game so does so does John. John also needs to to win and and have a big game. He needs to outscore Becca by a significant amount of points and uh so I I'm dragging on but basically what happened here is Al came back on Monday night. I believe it was Monday night football. Yeah, on Monday night Al comes back. He wins 123.9 to 123.02. So he wins by less than a single point over Becca. So what this does, it, it knocks Becca's record down to 5-8. and eight. John won his matchup to put his record at 6-7. and seven. So John is one game ahead of Becca. He finishes ahead of Becca in the rankings. Becca finished ninth. John finished 8th. So that meant Becca was down in the the bottom four. You know, she didn't get a first round bye in the consolation bracket. So she was in that bottom four who's, you know, they're playing for the Lutefisk. Oh, no. If Al had not beat her by that less than one point margin, her record would have been six and seven. And she would have had more overall points than John. So she would have bounced up one spot ahead of John. And John would have been ranked ninth instead of Becca. And John would have been playing last week instead of having a a bye last week. And I checked out to see what John's team did last week. And it did not do good last week. John would have lost to Jason. I mean, I know he's on a bye, so he wasn't focusing. And maybe he would have played different people. He might have picked somebody up. Sure. But his team scored really low. And it, that it's pretty safe to say that he would have lost to Jason last week, and John would be playing against Stacy this week for the Lutefisk if it wasn't for Al beating Becca by less than a point in Week 13. It's little things like that that excite me about fantasy football because, like, I knew what was going on, and I knew that John knew what was going on, but I don't know who else knows what's going on. And this is like a really cool situation where like one person is getting a totally different outcome of their season by just a sliver of a margin. And so, uh, you know, Al really saved John because he John could be playing for that 11th, 12th place game. And instead he's, you know, playing to to hopefully move on and and play in the consolation championship and earn some league legend points so 
Yeah, man, the regular season was pretty wild. Uh, I mentioned the League Legend standings. I'll, I just wanted to just quickly gloss over that. Um, so the League Legend standings, they're the, the, the running point total f- over the history of the league where, you know, your ranking each each season gets you a certain amount of points. And then we come up with a, a point total to see, like, oh, who's the best overall manager in Scully's history? Um We've advanced a, a week into the playoffs, so the League Legend point picture is a little clearer. Obviously, you know points are haven't been decided yet. There's still places to be to be had the next two weeks, but uh, Kyle is really in a in a great position to become the new League Legend. Uh, if he finishes in fourth place, then John can still hold that title. Um, it's going to be John or Kyle, though, and, and that's that's it. Um, I had a chance at one point to be involved, but losing last week to Rudy in the first round of the playoffs, uh, that eliminated me from, from being able to be the league legend. So uh, Kyle maxes out at 82 points if he were to win the whole, the whole league this year. Uh, John can only max out at 73. So Kyle can take a, a significant lead if he wins the... The, the belt this year and he'd be the point champ he would be the the league champ and he would be the league legend so that would be the the triple crown the trifecta uh john i think has come close to it before but nobody's done it before and that would be cool to see uh the king of the regular season pick up the first triple crown uh yeah, so uh that's that's kind of just a little wrap up of our regular season. It was cool. There were a lot of fun storylines that played out, so I just kind of wanted to touch on it. Um we're going to talk about the playoffs and uh look at some other things coming up. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. After I finish a run, I have to rehydrate. That's why I grab a Bud Light. Bud Light. It does a body good. Alright, so we've got two semifinal matchups coming up this week. This is what it comes down to. This is to go to the Skull Bowl. Um, We've got both of our bottom seeds in the playoffs the five and the six seed both advanced last week so we've got a six seed and a five seed um we don't have reseeding in the playoffs in in scolies um you know we could maybe address that so i feel like it's it's typically uh done but also yahoo defaults to the way we do it so um but anyway you know that means basically that Samantha is the six seed. Uh, she's playing Baker, the two seed, instead of Kyle, the one seed. Um, you know because that's the the side of the the bracket that they were on. Um, you know, uh, imagine that this playoff bracket is our playoff brackets like the NBA, where you know it you don't move around in the bracket. Once you're in a spot, you're in that spot. So if the eight seed you know upsets somebody. They they're gonna play somebody you know worse than the the two seed, uh, so that's kind of how it happened in our league. But 
Kyle is playing Rudy. So I just wanted to take a look at that matchup really quick. Kyle's favored heavily in the Yahoo projections. Um, and it's it's probably for, for the right reasons. Um, Kyle's team took a huge hit last week. I don't know if anybody if anybody realizes, but uh, Mike Evans, he went down last week, and it seems like he's going to be out for the year. Uh, it's an injury that could get worse, and Tampa Bay's kind of not been that great this year, so they're not going to risk it. They're going to shut him down. And Chris, that, so that sucks. That was a huge, huge part of Kyle's of Kyle's team. You know, he's I think the number he was definitely a top five receiver, um, maybe the number one receiver on the year. Uh, he was doing so well, um, but he goes down. But what that means is that Chris Godwin is going to be leaned on even have even more heavily. So you'd think that his targets and his points will go up. Obviously, it's not going to cover the difference, but it helps, um, you know, and then he fills in his third spot with, uh, AJ Brown. So it's, it's not, it's not terrible. Uh, it's definitely a drop down to go from Mike Evans to AJ Brown. But like I said, you are getting a little bit more production, uh, from God when you hope. So that helps. Rudy's, uh, at the receiver position, man, he just torched me last week with Emmanuel Sanders and Emmanuel Sanders, they're going against Atlanta this week at home. It, yeah, man, he could go off again. It would not surprise me. Keenan Allen's also at home this week going against the Vikings. Um, Vikings have been really hot and cold this year as far as their pass defense goes. I, I want to say, you know, as a Vikings fan, feeling like I'm knowledgeable on the team, I want to say their pass defense hasn't been that great this year. But some games it looks really good, so... You never really know. Keenan Allen could blow up this week, or he could get completely shut down. Um, but the big question mark at the wide receiver position for Rudy, as far as I'm concerned, is DJ Chark. Um, he's had a, a health issues that are week to week, uh, but he keeps going out there and playing. So it, it hasn't been anything to shut him down. But you know he hasn't been practicing this week, uh, so and that's. That's a question mark. You know, he's officially listed as questionable. So while he got 10 targets last week, is is he going to play as much this week in a game that doesn't matter that much against Oakland on the road? You know, that that could be a worry. But, you know, DJ Chark has had weeks this year where he's looked like, the, you know, a wide receiver one. So yeah, that's what he's hoping for this week. And we'll see. The running back position, this is this is a good battle, man. I really like it. It's Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette uh, on the hash oiler side, and Todd Gurley and Austin Eckler on Rudy's side. Rudy's also fielding Le'Veon Bell in one of his flex spots. Kyle's got uh, Kenyon Drake in one of his flex spots. So a lot of running backs going here, a lot of good, a lot of potential for a lot of points. Oh, man. I guess I'd kind of give the edge to Kyle, um, you know, because I think Zeke probably has a big game this week. And Fournette going against Oakland, uh, it's it's juicy. I don't know how well Fournette's done recently. I'm going to check that out really quick. Yeah, I mean, he's still getting the ball a lot, but he's not putting up a lot of points. He's kind of been touchdown dependent this year. And he hasn't had a lot of touchdowns, so. But Oakland gives up a lot of fantasy points to running backs, so this could be the week. But man, Austin Eckler, he was another guy that killed me last week, and he's always scary. 
and the Vikings, like I said, you, you just don't know week to week where their defense might be susceptible. It could be an interesting game for Eckler. Kyle's got Austin Hooper back. Um, he was definitely missing him. He got him back this past week, but didn't really feel like he had him back. Lucky for Kyle, he was on a bye, so it didn't matter. But just three points that Austin Hooper scored last week in his return from injury. So you hope in a really tough game at San Francisco that he can bounce back and kind of become the Austin Hooper that he was all year, which was a super consistent, really target-heavy tight end, which we've always wanted Hooper to be and thought that he would be, and he just never was until this year. So Kyle's definitely hoping for the the big bounce-back game. Meanwhile, Rudy's sticking Jack Doyle in there right now. Um, Doyle, you know, with with Ebron going out on IR, he's been the guy, but he only had two catches last week, you know? So most projections are still still listing him as a tight end one this week, Jack Doyle. Uh, we'll see. New Orleans, is that that's a tough defense to go into on Monday night in their, in their place. So this is going to be such a good matchup, man. The quarterbacks... Jameis Winston and Dak Prescott going against Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. I really think Kyle's got the nod there. Dak Prescott's the number two scorer on the year still, um, even after having seemingly a couple off games. You know, he had he's two, he had 23 and 20 past two weeks, and then he had that eight-point game three weeks ago against the Patriots. But still with that, he's the second second overall scorer in the whole league right now. So Prescott and Winston, if they can get it done this week, Man, Kyle's going to be going to the championship, feeling good. I'm definitely picking them to win. And I don't know how Kyle's going to feel about that. I think he's going to be happy, but he might be like, no, 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 don't pick me, man. Don't jinx me. It's not a jinx. It all depends on how how it plays out on the field, but I think this week it's going to be Kyle. The other matchup, yes, it's going to be long, too. Because these are these are the playoffs. They're the final matchups. I'm going to go into detail. We've got Baker going against Samantha, our Cinderella story. And Yahoo right now, I, Samantha just made some roster changes tonight. Um, I, I saw, you know, I'm recording this on Wednesday night, super late here. It's like midnight right now on the West Coast. Um, I saw that Samantha did make some roster changes recently. So right now she's projected to to win 53% favorite, 120 points to 117. These projections have been have been pretty good this year. They've been they've been really close to to what we've all been scoring. Um I don't know what to think about this matchup honestly. I was I was looking at it before I started talking here and there's just there's a lot to unpack. So Baker, let's start at the quarterback position. Baker's got Jacoby Brissett and Ryan Fitzpatrick going right now. If you had said at the beginning of the year that one of the final four teams in your league was going to have Jacoby Brissett and Ryan Fitzpatrick as their two quarterbacks, imagine saying that before Andrew Luck retired. That's like you could have put like a thousand to one bet on that. But that's that's where that's what's going on. That's that's where we're at. Um, And honestly, they've been good. Uh, Fitzpatrick has been kind of up and down as far as like total total point production but he's been 
consistently there for you um, in fantasy. You know, some some weeks he'll hit 23, 24, even up to 30. And then sometimes he'll be down 17, 13. So he's usually he's getting you enough points each week to not be you know a bust he's not a he's not a bad start you know me speaking from first person experience i know about starting bad quarterbacks i've done it i did it multiple times to to wind down my season and and ruin it uh fitzpatrick hasn't been that guy he's been consistent he gets you points every week and they're going against the giants this week which that's a beatable defense so fitzpatrick is an interesting start this week and jacoby Brissett. Ever since coming back from the injury, I know it wasn't much of an injury. He, he hasn't quite felt the same to me. Uh, this past week against Tampa Bay, you know, he had two touchdowns. He didn't have any picks, 250 yards. So a decent game. He had 25 fantasy points. That's a great game. But it was because he played you know, flawless football, which that's not what you're going to expect all the time. And he was playing against Tampa Bay, honestly. They're, that defense, they give up tons of points to passing game. So... I'm not. I'm a little concerned about this this game against New Orleans. Going into New Orleans, uh, I think they're going to be playing hungry, but Indy Indy should too. So we'll, we'll see. They're going against Samantha's combo of Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, man, he's been like the the fantasy story this year. He's been the darling. He he has just been awesome. Um, he's had games in the past. Five, six weeks of 26, 19, 33, 32. He's been, he's been really good. And it's like, is Ryan Tannehill, is he a good quarterback? Like, was he just really held down in a bad situation in Miami for a lot of years? And then he had that injury and it took him a couple years to really come back from that injury. Was that it? Is he good quarterback if he's just got a good game plan and he's got a good coaching staff around him? I, I don't know. It seems like maybe that's the case, but we've seen we see this all the time where a backup who was a journeyman comes in, and we, we saw Case Keenum. If I, you know, that's that's the one that pops into my head right away. Case Keenum came in as a backup with Minnesota, went on a great run, led a well coached, talented offense team deep into the playoffs, and earned himself a huge contract and a starting gig from a team that was cutting him a, a year later so maybe this is another thing like that and Tannehill's gonna get a big deal big contract from Tennessee or from somebody else and then just flame out like Nick Foles has done multiple times in his career uh but I don't know in fantasy he's been awesome this year and, and Baker I loved to rag on him earlier this year because he was just doing so poorly and it was he was like probably the disappointment of the year people had him ranked as high as the quarterback two in draft season, and he was just f- completely failing. Then he had that negative four-point performance against San Francisco where he threw two picks and only completed eight passes, and it was like, he's done. It's He's toast. But not only did the Browns stick with him, but of course the Browns stuck with him, but they did, and also Samantha did, and he he bounced back. He scored 21 points the next week against Seattle. Then they went into the bye. They they came out of the bye. He didn't have a great game, but it was against New War, or New England. He scored 11.5 points. He only threw one pick. He was fairly accurate in his passing. It, it was 
you could easily chalk it up to just a, a game against a tough opponent. Then he has games of 19, 18, 23, 25. Things start to look really good. Baker Mayfield, he's back, baby. Then they play Pittsburgh and he scores seven points. And then last week against Cincinnati, you think, oh man, this is a layup game. Ten points. He only completed 11 passes. He threw two picks. So it's like, what what Baker are you, are you getting? It seems like it, there was like this, you know, like a like a bell curve and... The middle of the season was the was the top of it, and now he's he's finishing back down at the bottom again. He's got Arizona this week, though, and Arizona, man, that is just like such a tasty matchup. They've given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, to tight ends, and I think they're like top three to receivers. So they just give up boatloads of points to the passing game. If any matchup was a big one for Baker, it's this one, and it's a big one for for Samantha. I, I'm giving Samantha the nod at quarterback and because I, I think for some reason that Baker is going to have a big game, and I think Tannehill keeps doing it too. The receivers in this matchup, it, I, when I think of receivers, I, I think of, or when I think of Samantha's team, I think of receivers. So I instantly want to say oh, I'm giving her the nod. But she's been ravaged by injuries at receiver this year. Um, Marvin Jones is on IR. He's out for the year. Calvin Ridley on IR out for the year. But she's still got Christian Kirk, Stefan Diggs, Michael Gallup. Christian Kirk out of that group, he's been the underperformer. He's had a couple of big boom games this year, but other than that, he's been really quiet. He gets targets, but he just doesn't get a ton of production. Last week, he had 85 yards uh, receiving. He, you know, nine targets, eight catches. That's great. Eight catches for 85. But he hasn't had a touchdown since week 10. And that was the only week in the season that he had any touchdowns. He had three of them. So, you know, Christian Kirk, it it looks like he's had a decent season when you look at his season totals, but 33.8 points in one week. Other than that, he's only had one game in double digits. So hard to rely on him um, in any given week. Uh, And he's also battling an injury right now. So he's been limited in practice with an ankle. It's tough. Um, Diggs and Gallup, I, I'm fine with. They've both been been solid performers. Uh, Thielen is probably going to be out again. They still, I, you know, it almost seems like their Thielen's just shut down for the year at this point. It's, sucks, but he's probably going to be out again this week. We'll see if that if he is. Then you know, light him up for Stefan Diggs. Uh, it, it, I think he's going to have a big game. This week, the Chargers don't give up a lot of points to wide receivers, but I just have I, I have a feeling that Diggs is really going to take it to the, uh, the middle of the field. He's going to get some some big play, some big broken play over the middle of the field this uh, this week. They're, I think they're going to be bringing too much heat at times. And we're going to catch him. So, yeah, uh, I like receivers, but I'm worried about Christian Kirk. Baker, he's got that solid Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman, Julio Jones trio that are all questionable right now, all dealing with injuries, but all all probably going to play. Um, Jarvis Landry has been really solid this year, and I don't have any concern about him. Edelman has been the only guy that, that Tom Brady can rely on. He's had double-digit targets in almost every single game this year. That's a wild stat. Um, in, in the last one, two, in the last eight weeks, he has had... 15, 12, 11, 11, 
12, 10, like it's 11, 12. It's, it's wild. It's uh, tons of targets. And Julio Jones, this year he's had his struggles, man. He's had some, he had some big games at the beginning of the year and he is really struggled coming on here the second half of the year. He's been battling injuries. He's got a shoulder injury, limited in practice. They're going against San Francisco this week. I, so, you know, I'm as worried about Julio Jones as I am about Christian Kirk, to be completely honest, and that's wild. So to me, these guys, it's kind of, they're, they're two hefty folks going against each other, and I'll take Baker's side. I like Julian and Jarvis in this matchup. Uh, even though I think Diggs is going to have a big game. We'll see. Running backs, this is really interesting. Um, Baker is struggling at running back a little bit right now. He's got Mark Ingram in at his, at one of his spots. Mark's uh, going tomorrow night on Thursday. Or tonight, I guess. Uh, James Conner is in his flex. And uh, Latavius Murray is his other running back right now. Latavius Murray, and obviously the backup running back in New Orleans, We'll see. Um, meanwhile, Samantha, man, she has really been dealing with injuries uh, all over the place. And maybe just not pivoting fast enough, early enough in the week. Um, I think Samantha likes to look at her team on like Wednesday night and be like, oh, okay, all right, I need to, I need to fill this spot, I need to fill that spot. But like, we already all picked up players on Tuesday, so... Some of the pickings have been slim for some of her replacements. Uh, right now, she's got Derrick Henry uh, going, and Derrick Henry has been, you know, her every every week for sure thing. Uh, it's been a huge reason that she made this big late season push. You know, in the last five games, Derrick Henry has had 20 or more points in every game. He's been lights out. But in her other spot right now, she's got Damian Williams. Damian Williams has been, he's come, he's practicing after being out from an injury for a couple weeks. Um, but even when he was not out, he might as well have been. He he had one big game with 125 yards rushing and, and a touchdown. Other than that, really, no, no good production at all this year. Uh, going against Denver this week, a tough divisional game. We'll see, but I, I don't love Damian Williams this week, and, and we'll, we don't even know for sure if he's going to play. Um, you know, it's the, the first time, actually, that he's practiced since week 11. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'm going to, I don't even know what side to pick, honestly, with this. Uh, I guess I'll go on Baker's side with, with the running backs. But. You guys, I don't love your running backs. Work it out. Their tight ends, uh, Jared Cook going against Dar- Darren Waller. Darren Waller has been like my favorite tight end of the year. Um, it, just kind of cool to see a guy seemingly come out of nowhere, but a lot of fantasy people like had him earmarked. So to the common person or the, the, the casual fantasy player, like you know, a lot of people in our league are, um, it was kind of like, oh, Darren Waller, wow, this, this kind of this no-name guy came out of nowhere. But then the, a lot of fantasy experts were like, no, 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 we were talking about him all summer. So it was kind of cool to see it, that actually a guy that gets hyped over the summer on podcasts and stuff actually breaks out because a lot of times that doesn't happen. Oh, man, I remember the, the summer of Tariq Cohen being 
shot to the moon, how he was going to be the next huge thing. And eh, it hasn't really worked out. I bought into it, though. So Darren Waller has been a cool story, but the production's been down a little bit. We In the past, well, yeah, I mean, the whole second half of the season, really, and all of his big games were kind of in the front half of the season, but he still gets targets. He gets a lot of production, and there's there's not a lot of production to go around in Oakland right now, and that's kind of the problem. But when it does, it, most of it goes through him, so, so that's good. Meanwhile, Jared Cook going for Baker right now. But Jared Cook, you know, he left the last game with an injury, with a concussion. And so he's, I I don't know if he's cleared already or if he's going to get cleared. But Baker's backup option right now, in, in case Jared Cook couldn't play, is David Njoku, who is also injured and is pretty questionable right now as well. So... I'm going to go with Darren Waller, the safety of knowing he's going to play and produce over some question marks on Baker's side there. Um, overall, this matchup, man, it, it looks really close to me. I think that those projections that say 53% to 47% in Samantha's favor, that's pretty good. That's I would probably give Samantha the slight lean in this matchup, but uh, this one's this one's gonna go down to the wire i think it can go either way but i'm picking a samantha that's that's crazy i hadn't actually analyzed this to the point of picking winners i just kind of had glanced at them and so i just now for the first time i'm realizing that i'm picking samantha to move on to the championship samantha versus kyle uh that's what it would be uh if if this were if it goes down the way that i'm saying so the six seed versus the one seed. It'd be pretty interesting. Uh, also going to quickly talk about the uh, consolation bracket side. There's a lot to talk about there. So moving our way to the consolation bracket, the the top match this week is the, the fifth place game. My team, the Nasty Boys, taking on Corey, the half-baked halfbacks. It's the it's the disappointment matchup. It's the matchup every year that n- neither team wants to be there. Um, it's like it's like some crappy bowl game. It's like the you know the I don't even know. The, I can't think of a crappy company <laughs> worth saying fast enough. But uh, yeah, it's like it's no. I don't want to be in this game. I don't think Corey wants to be in this game. So, but we're here. And we're a 50-50 matchup, basically, according to Yahoo projections. So neither of us wants to be here, and we're 50-50. So great. Um, this this matchup, I'm not going to go too much into these, but uh, I, I think that I think I'm, I'm confident that my team's going to put up a great week this week when it doesn't really matter. Um, the only thing that we're playing for this week is an extra League Legend point. Um, and a little bit of dignity, I guess, you know, maybe. It's not really that much. I don't really care to be fifth place over sixth place, honestly. But I'd like the extra league legend point. Every point counts in that. So that's what we're playing for. On um, the other side of the bracket, also not a ton to play for. But at least they're not playing for the loot fisk. That's, that's kind of the... The, the, the whole point of the consolation bracket is like, hey, at least I'm not playing for the loot fisk. John is playing Becca, and Jensen is playing against Al. 
Al got the big win against Stacy last week to move on. So that so he's playing Jensen, who who was the seventh seed. He was the the one the, the first team outside looking in on the playoffs. Um he's gonna take on Al. And I think in that matchup, he should probably take care of uh, of Al, but I don't know. Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, they could they, they both have the capability to go crazy at any point. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh John and Becca. This matchup is uh, a little interesting because John's kind of got he's really relying on a lot of, you know, young un maybe unproven players right now. Tyler Higby's in his lineup um who's looked He's, you know, he he's been cool. He's been awesome as a interesting tight end this the past like three four weeks in in L.A. But I don't know. It's just hard to rely, you know, on a guy who hasn't really done much in his career until the past two weeks. So, uh, but he has topped a hundred yards the past two weeks. So maybe he's maybe he's gonna be a big deal. Uh, also, Darius Slayton, who we all know his big boom potential but he also has big bust potential young guy not that reliable josh jacobs dealing with a shoulder injury um he might be in the lineup this week but he might not be so he might have to throw somebody else in there bo scarborough or carlos hyde i don't know becca's got the more i think safe consistent options on her side of the ball i think i'm pick becca in this matchup they're 50 50 on the yahoo projections um you know going winning this matchup and going on it's you know, picking up some a few more league legend points if you get you know seventh place instead of 10th place so that's what you're playing for and also you're not playing for the loot fisk the people who are playing for the loot fisk well that would be Stacy and Jason. The best friends of the bar, Stacy and Jason. The the lovely rival that continues from year to year. Um it is culminating in a Lutefisk game, the stinky bowl matchup. Oof. I don't know what to think about this. They're both projected to score fairly low points, 118 to 115. Stacy is slightly in the in the lead uh in the projections. But both both of these teams have been so I don't know, for lack of a better word, bad this year. <laughs> bad at times, I should say, you know. Both teams have had their their bright moments, but most of the season's been been pretty bad for both these guys. So, who comes out? I don't know. I'm gonna say Stacy picks up the win. I'm picking her to win. I'm clicking the button. Jason, you're a two-time champion. You're a multi-time league legend. You will always be a hero of Scully's too. But I think. You might be eating some stinky fish next year. That's the wrap-up of the playoffs. We'll see if it goes down that way. What do you What do you guys think? Uh, I want to hear... I'd love to hear some feedback. What do you think? Stacy going to be the Lutefisk. Jason going to be the Lutefisk. Who do you think is going to be in the championship matchup? Will Samantha 
complete her Cinderella story and go from Ludfisk to champion. Uh, and one last thing before we go, going to check in with the pick'em pool. The, the, the cream is rising to the top in the pick'em pool. And, uh, a few have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. It seems like, uh, Corey has the lead right now. He's the overall leader. Corey, I know your fantasy season ended well, is ending in disappointment, just like mine. But hey, you're three games up in the pick and pool with only three weeks left. So keep it up, man. Uh, you, this could be your first pick and pool title. That would be pretty sweet. Rudy is nipping at his heels three games back, 132 wins. And then we've got two people, Stacy and Jensen, who are one game behind Rudy. So we've got four, four people uh, separated by four games. Then after that, there's a bit of a drop off uh, to Jason and Baker and Kyle. You know, with only three weeks left in the NFL season, there's probably not much chance for teams that are back, or people that are back eight, nine, ten picks to come back. But you never know. That's how the overalls look. Corey is kind of in the driver's seat right now. Keep making good picks, man. Don't lose, uh, don't lose matchups to Rudy and or don't lose uh, games to Rudy and Stacy and Jensen, and you're you're good. Samantha won the pick and pool last week. Her first ever pick and pool weekly win, I believe. I don't think she won at all last year, and here we are this year. She was twelve and four last week. So was Corey, but. Samantha scored more points than Corey, as we all know, because she won that matchup. So she banked her first $5. I just wanted to quickly run down everybody's banks right now. Uh, This money, you know, this is just little bits of cash that you are awarded at the end of the season. Um, If you get a payout, then this goes on top of your payout. If not, then you can get this paid out to you any way you want. Um... Or you can just keep it at Scully's 2 and it will be discounted from your buy-in next year. That's what I think the, the bakers usually do that. Um, you know, since they're in Georgia, I could Venmo or or we could mail them a money or something. But I think they usually just keep it at the bar. Uh, Baker has $5 in his bank and so does Becca. So they, they both have won one week of the pick and pull this year. Jensen has $5. Jason has $5. Stacy has $15. Three weeks she's won. Samantha has $5. I have $5. Kyle has $10. And Corey has $15 as well. Corey and Stacy have each won three weeks. $15 bucks in their bank. You win the pick and pool. That's an extra, what, $35 on top of what you've already won. So, you know, if Corey were to win the pick and pool... Yeah, it's fifteen bucks for his weekly wins plus thirty five for the overall win. That's fifty bucks, you know. So that's uh, pretty good just for picking some games. So that's just a little wrap up of how the pick a pool's shaping out so far this year. We've got three weeks left. Uh, keep making your picks. Say hey, even if you're on the bottom, keep making your picks because you know you might win any given week. And hey, you know an extra uh, five bucks off your buy in next year is cool when it comes around. So.
All right, that does it for the fifth episode of The Skull Report. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, If you're listening on the Anchor app or in like a web browser through the link that I send out, I think you can do some interactions with the show. Uh, I, I think there's, you can like record a voice message that will be submitted to the show. So like if you're listening on your phone, you can hit a button and just record right from your microphone on your phone and, you know, submit an audio bite that I can use in a future show. So if you're somebody who wants to talk trash or, uh, or if you want to say something cool about your team or whatever, um, yeah, you can do that through the anchor platform. That would be really cool for me to use in future shows. Thank you very much, everybody. Good luck to those of you that are in the playoffs and still and fighting for that championship and good luck to Stacy and Jason in the Lufus Bowl. Peace.